Censorship is a topic that many people from all walks of life hold dear. It allows us, as an individual, to have the freedom to speak one's mind without fear of being punished. Now, there are rules to this. You shouldn't be able to yell fire in a movie theater, for example. This idea is also one that artists hold to be very important. It gives them the freedom to critique culture, government, society, provide a perspective on life without consequence. However, this right has been threatened before and will be threatened again in the future, I have no doubt. Today we'll be talking about one milestone in music history which has affected all future music. What's going on? My name is Stefan, and you are listening to the Audio Diction Podcast. Let's take you to the mid-1980s. Life was different than the previous decade. The internet was in its infancy. It was the middle of the Ronald Reagan presidential term. He was just sworn in to his second term at the beginning of 1985. The highest grossing film in that year of 1985, Back to the Future, was released, exposing children of a main character that tried to do questionable things with his mother. Right? Think about it. Hairspray was a thing. Live Aid and We Are the World raised millions of dollars to help the famine crisis in Ethiopia. And someone's wife, Tipper Gore, would begin the formation of the PMRC. Now, the PMRC was short for the Parents Music Resource Center. In short, it was an organization to combat the rise of infidelity, grotesque music that was quote-unquote rising in pop music. Now, I am saying this in a podcast, but in this episode, I will be using a lot of quote-unquotes. Before we get any further, let's just take a quick look at the environment of music that was taking place during the 1980s. It was long after the 70s of Boston, of Fleetwood Mac, and into the idea of hair metal. Looking at it year by year, here are some notable takes. Back in Black releases in 1980, same with Judas Priest's British Steel. You had ZZ Top's El Loco, released in 1981. Lizard of Oz as well. In 1983, we see the release of Mental Health by Quiet Riot. Pyromania by Def Leppard. Holy Diver by Dio. In 1984, Purple Rain by Prince was released. Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister. 1984 by Van Halen. In 1985, we get to see Madonna's Like a Virgin record and Invasion of Privacy by Rat. Now, I am glossing over it. There are some other notable um, records that I could have mentioned that do apply to this uh, topic and also other ones that, you know, would, would argue against the case of the PMRC. Elton John's records were number one or at least top 10 in the Billboard 200s in the past five years between 1980 and 1985. It's something that you get to see in uh, this time period is this notion that all of music was written by this grotesque musical content. However, there is a variety out there. Uh, there, there is still this idea of disco music um, that was very, very PC. Uh, again, you had the likes of 
uh, John Denver, which is ironically enough uh, very much related to this topic. But there were very much so a lot of different records out there to buy and a lot of different records out there that were much more popular than what we'll be discussing today. But as you can see, I, I've, I've developed this list here of Judas Priest, Quiet Riot, ZZ Top. Uh, and I mentioned more acts during or up and coming to 1985, uh, peaking at 1984, really. And these are the bands that the PMRC would be deemed grotesque. And this is what they perceive to be the rise of infidelity and inappropriate lyrical content sweeping over America. Just look at my list. They're developing by the dozens. This has to be stopped, says the PMRC. But how? How can we find a way to get this music off of the hands of little boys and girls so that they cannot be influenced by negative encouragement of violence, sex, drugs, and rock and roll? It doesn't help music's case much later in the years that in 1980 that allegedly a band called Judas Priest, which I've previously mentioned before, and their music had driven two young boys to commit suicide. Or the suicide allegations towards Suicide Solution by Ozzy Osbourne, but which at this case is more of a related topic as this was brought up in the Senate hearing. I am pandering off here, but it furthers the notion of a section of the population's disdain for this type of music, and the PMRC was the spearhead of it. To combat it, they would suggest that the record labels install a rating system. In addition, some other plans would be putting advisory labels on albums, lyrics on the albums, to show what grotesque profanity is being sung here, forcing stores to sell these albums under the counter so that it would not be displayed, and to change the contracts of artists who performed violently or sexually in concert, and creating a panel to set industry standards. This is what they wanted to do. And using 15 examples to prove that music is inappropriate and these policies must be put in were called the Filthy 15. These albums were Prince, the song Darling Nikki with the lyrical content of sex and masturbation, Sheena Easton's Sugar Walls, lyrical content of sex, Judas Priest's Eat Me Alive, the lyrical content of sex and violence. Vanity with Strap on Robbie Baby with the lyrical content of sex. Motley Crue's Bastard, violence and language in the content of the lyrics. ACDC, Let Me Put My Love Into You. Well, that kind of seems pretty self-explanatory there. Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It, with the lyrical content deemed by the PMRC to be violent. However, none of these lyrics in that song were quite violent. I mean, anyone could be reading that lyrical content and agree with me with that. Madonna's Dress You Up with the lyrical content of sex. Wasps, Animal, Fuck Like a Beast, Sex, Language, and Violence in its lyrical content. Def Leppard's High and Dry, Saturday Night, with drug and alcohol use in its lyrical content. Merciful Fate, Into the Coven, with the occult references in its lyrical content. Black Sabbath's Trashed, 
with drug and alcohol use in its lyrical content. Mary Jane in my house with sexual lyrical content. Venoms possessed with occult references in its lyrical content. And Cindy Lauper's Shebop with sex and masturbation in its lyrical content. Artists were outraged, threatened that their musical voice is being silenced and censored. However, the labels at this point have already agreed to put in parental labels on their records. But this was the only agreement that was made. Before implementing, the PMRC would hold a Senate hearing consisting of the PMRC, three musicians, Senators Paula Hawkins and Al Gore, who stood before the Senate Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee on the subject of of the content of certain sound recordings and suggestions that recording packages be labeled to provide a warning to prospective purchasers of sexually explicit or otherwise potentially offensive content. Paula Hawkins would come to onto the stage presenting examples from Van Halen's Hot for Teacher and Pyromania by Def Leppard and Wow by Wendy Williams. She would then go on to say, Much has changed since Elvis's seemingly innocent times. Subtlety, suggestions, and innuendo have given way to overt of expression and descriptions of often violent sexual acts, drug taking, and flirtations with the occult. The record album covers to me are self explanatory. Other supporting witnesses would be Dr. Joe Stussy, who stated the impact and the power of influence music had over listeners. He also framed how heavy metal in this case was different than early rock and roll and jazz because the latter two was church music and that heavy metal had a distinct relation to the occult and God-hating. In opposition, the three musicians would stand before the committee and make their claims on how this would negatively affect society by putting labels on records, but most importantly, each one of them drove home what was most at stake, censorship. Now, many would expect people like Dee Snyder and Frank Zappa to testify. Dee Snyder the lead singer of Twisted Sister, he would experience the greatest threat and feared that his career, just as it started, might be over because of this. Frank Zappa is highly intelligent and was a long and open supporter of free speech and two released music that would be threatened by the moves of the PMRC. So, of course, he would testify. But then came John Denver. If you are not familiar with him, he is a folk singer, not a metalhead, not a rock god. He would be famous for writing songs like Annie's Song or the questionably misinterpreted Rocky Mountain High. Many people, senators included, that John would be coming out on the stand in support of censoring inappropriate language in music. Well, because he was such a wholesome guy. Why wouldn't you expect that from him? However, John would come out with his heart on his sleeve and testify the dangers of what censoring of this nature could become. It leads to a slippery slope of what many nations had tried and failed. Nazi Germany, fascist regimes, censoring what people thought to ensure of a better society. These things are always made with the best intentions, like our children. However, they fail to see the after effects of what this president might also cause what makes it any different to then ban the idea of government hating 
than any statement outside the music context of that. We then have a suppressive government, and that is a road I don't think anyone wants to go on. John stated that the government intervention is not the answer, and in fact, said so pretty eloquently in his last few minutes of his statement. Listen in. I would like to acknowledge the PMRC for bringing this issue to the attention of not only our industry, but our government and our people. It is obvious that we are dealing with a real problem which warrants our concern. I would like to point out, however, that we address ourselves not to the problem, but to the symptoms. I suggest that explicit lyrics and graphic videos are not so far removed from what is seen on television every day and night, whether it be in the soap operas or on the news. That we should point our finger at the recording industry while watching the general public at a nationally televised baseball game chant in unison, the Blue Jays suck, is ludicrous. The problem, Mr. Chairman, in my opinion, has to do with our willingness as parents to take responsibility for the upbringing of our children, to pay attention to their interest, to respond to their needs, and to recognize that we as parents and as individuals have a greater influence on our children and on each other than anything else could possibly have. To quote a wise old man from ancient China, if there be righteousness, not self-righteousness, that's not part of the quote, if there be righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If there be beauty in the character, there will be harmony in the home. If there be harmony in the home, there will be order in the nation. And if there be order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. I thank you very much. John, Mr. Chairman, if I may, excuse me, add a couple of personal words. I'm a father of two children, both adopted. I have a lot of friends in the music business, uh, other rock performers who have children also. And all of them, including myself, we have a great concern for our children. That's, that's why I'm here today. In my experience, sir, all over the world, one of the most interesting things about the music that, that young people are listening to is it gives us, as adults, a very clear insight as to what is going on in their minds. We can know what they're thinking by listening to the music that they uh, surround themselves with. The people that I've had the opportunity to talk with, the troubled children, the teenagers who are considering suicide, what they express to me is a real frustration in their lives, an inability to communicate with their parents, an inability to understand or to envision any kind of a possible future because of the nuclear threat that we live under. They don't see things getting better economically. They don't see things getting better for the small businessman, for the small farmer. They do not see a future for themselves. It is my opinion that it is out of this that some young people put a gun into their mouths and pull the trigger. We can turn this around, sir. We can address the reality of a problem and not deal with just the symptoms and create not only a better world for our children, but for ourselves and all of humanity. We can end hunger. We can rid the world of nuclear weapons. We can learn to live together as human beings on a planet that travels through the universe, living the example of peace and harmony among all people. Now, what would happen afterwards? Well, a lot. A general label would be put, much like a warning, not much else. It wasn't as de detailed 
as what the PMRC was wanting. It was just more like a cautionary label. However, it would still lead to record labels hesitant on selling these records. Larger retails included, like Walmart, would not sell records or cassettes with that label. It also forced artists to have this label. This label that was supposed to be voluntary is now becoming mandatory. This would constrict artists' ability to grow commercially and artistically. With all these, however, there isn't any concrete evidence shown if this was proven a good deterrent for children to buying records. It's like the old saying, if you want something bad enough, you're going to find it. And with that in mind, the PMRC would disband shortly after its inception. However, its influence would still affect the music industry today. Labels are still being used. Parents are still targeting youth music. It's just not rock and roll anymore. It's rap. And that's all for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of Audio Addiction. I always knew about the famous censorship case during the 1980s. The rise of outlandish rock was coming about, and it's just an interesting moment in history where we see this blatant outlandish style of music, almost kind of like a uh, callback of youth music and the man or the parents are now cracking down. And what happened after it? Even more outlandish music. There are tons and tons of songs that are calling out the PMRC or specifically reference PMRC and censorship in their songs. Uh, it's almost like the youth came out with punches swinging and shouting even louder than before actually this this whole thing i knew from my father who was a huge frank zappa fan and would show me bits of his testimonials and his debates for the crossfire that man was wise beyond his years and really really a remarkable person and it lead me to uh wanting to learn more about this topic and that's what led me to john denver which i think is the most interesting moment out, out of this whole fiasco and i think he speaks what every parent wants to be i think he speaks to the artist i think he did it in such a way that everyone could relate to him and that's all for today you guys thank you so much for listening again don't forget to leave a review and catch me on instagram audio addiction ig I'll see you later, you guys.